Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walcheff. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. This week's episode is a coaching call with my mentor, David Meltzer, and two of his business partners, David Moreno and Mike Mamula. We are talking about storytelling and the power of curiosity. I hope you enjoy the podcast episode. If you have any questions, please reach out on social at Sean P. Walchef or hit me up on email, Sean at CaliBBQ.media. Thank you for listening. Stay curious, get involved and ask for help. This is your session, my friend. I got three great coaches here. We want to run over whatever you need to go. So you start nailing us with questions. We'll start feeding you with answers and have a great conversation, if that sounds fair. Sounds fantastic. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually very curious about storytelling, uh, curiosity, and access. So I am here now in the village, uh, my, my, my wife's village that she grew up in, um, in Bulgaria. My grandfather, he was born in 1919 in a village also in Bulgaria. Um, there was an American that came, um, his name was Dr. Haskell, and he actually came and set up a school in my grandfather's village. And it was because of his love of children and education that gave my grandfather this, undes- this curiosity to learn. That curiosity to learn allowed him to read every single book in the village. He read every book in that village, went to another village, and it really changed the trajectory of our entire family history. Um, I'm curious for both, actually, everyone on this call, where in your life, in your heritage, or even before somebody that might have passed, where where is that curiosity um, come down through the lines, through the bloodlines for you? Sure. Well, let me let me take this uh, to help people just as a coach, um, because, you know, I teach lessons and stories. Right. We had Sheree on the, the mother of all coaching and she was talking about life's about lessons. The lessons keep on coming until you learn them, the resulting pain. If you haven't learned them, pain's the indicator, not the stop sign to push you in a better direction. Uh, the best thing about lessons is we're going to forget every lesson we've ever learned and we have the ability to access them. The nice thing about those lessons is they're best taught by stories. Maya Angelou said, it's not what we say, it's how we make people feel. The thing about stories, it uses a different part of the mind. It makes you feel a certain way. It allows our memories. You know, I, I could tell you guys a lesson today, like be more interested than interesting. And you'll forget that lesson. But I could tell you a story about how I wanted to be a doctor because my mom always said doctor, lawyer, failure, and I couldn't be a professional football player. And I went to go visit my oldest brother at the hospital. And first thing out of my mouth was I hate hospitals. And he looked at me and he was almost in shock and said, you pre-med, you hate hospitals, but yet you want to be a doctor. And I said, yeah, I want to be a sports physician. I want to sit in locker rooms and training rooms and, you know, be able to help those athletes. Why would I be in a hospital? And that's when he told me, be more interested than interesting. I was 18 years old and I had no idea what being a doctor was like or what it took to be a doctor or any situation. I hadn't asked for mentorship or advice. Now, a week from now, I could ask you, what lesson did I teach you on office hours, Sean? And you would say, I have no idea. (laughs) <laughs> and then I would say, do you remember the story about my brother? And you'd say, oh, yeah, he was a doctor. And did, oh, oh, be more interested than interesting. This is why curiosity, 
being more interested than interesting is so important because if we're curious, we ask questions and the way people answer questions is by telling stories. And within the context of the stories, whether deliberate or indeliberate, they teach us lessons. Whether it's quieted or spoken directly, they teach us lessons. Whether it's inherent or transparent, they teach us lessons. And the more lessons that we will learn, learn, the more awareness we have and the simpler things get because we have more situational knowledge from the stories we've experienced, either from people telling us, us witnessing them, or us living them ourselves. And so for me, as I look ancestrally, you know, backwards in the storytelling, I would have to go to my religion uh, that I grew up with. Because in Judaism, right, the big books of why, you know, everybody was always asking questions and you're trained to be curious, to expand the universe by understanding more. The quest, you know, as much as I tease my mother, right, the fetus wasn't fully developed till after graduate school. From the time I was five, the fetus isn't fully, you do whatever you want when you finish med school or law school. And you know what? I took her for her word. I took, you know, not like Lindsey Graham's word, but I took my mom's for her word that she's going to live up to exactly what she says and stick by it. So when I graduated law school, I did what I wanted because my fetus was fully developed. If I can encourage everyone to live in the big book of why, to be more interested than interesting, to seek stories from others, amalgamate the stories. It doesn't matter how the stories are. I tell people all the time, you can change stories around, make a fit, because that's what's going to make you feel a certain way, put it into the stronger part of our being so that you will remember the lessons and the more lessons we remember, the easier life becomes. Wow, Dave, I don't even know if I can uh, follow that up. You you hit that right out the park. First off, I want to say thank you to your big brother for saving us from having you in a hospital and giving the world uh, where you exactly where you're supposed to be, which is connecting with people and using your voice and telling those stories, both as a lawyer to to be an agent to to what you do now. The art of storytelling is extremely important to me. Um, It's something that it touches on every single uh, fiber of what I do both professionally and personally. I came up as a trial lawyer. Um, where I am the most comfortable as an attorney is in the courtroom. Why? Because I can look into people's eyes, tell them a story, give them a set of facts, and I usually provide a narrative with their facts for them to remember subconsciously what I'm trying to drive home. So the, the art of storytelling has been used historically, obviously, in the law. Storytelling and music, right? As a kid, my mom would say, how come you can remember all these rap songs, but you can't remember your history book? Why? Because it's telling a story. Me, Mike, and Dave will spew out raps all the time, and, and everybody will echo it because we, we always remember it. So I, I think Dave hit the nail right on the head. It's, it, it's how it makes people feel. I think it's a, a very effective tool, um, no matter what your business is, no matter what your industry is, uh, to connect at a deeper level with your with your customer base, with your client base, with your audience, whomever you're trying to reach. And then obviously, you know, from an ancestral perspective, uh, you know, having a family that have emigrated from other countries, you know, storytelling is oftentimes until you're old enough to actually venture to these places, the only way you can actually connect and really feel what it was like for your grandma to emigrate from Curacao or, you know, Guyana or any other country. So that's something as a child that, you know, gives you gives you some pride, right? Maybe as a kid, if you weren't from, if you didn't grow up in Bulgaria, but your parents told you about what it was like, when you went there, you said, oh, this is where she was, or this is where she went to school. So it's a tremendous tool and resource uh, that it, it's in every industry that we should continue to use and w- will continue to use. 
Yeah, absolutely. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, uh, Mike. You know, absolutely. Look, storytelling is the most powerful way to make ideas realities, right? We we take them from here and we convey the idea of something to someone that hopefully believes in it as much as we do. And then they run with it like we do. And the next thing you know, we have an electric vehicle or something like that. So I'll give you a lesson that I learned and a story that goes along with it, because like Dave says, the best lessons come from the greatest stories. So I'll take you back 30 years. And, and I tell you, this lesson is still with me. So here I am 30 years later telling the story. So that's how important it is to me. 30 years ago, 3 a.m., I broke up with a girlfriend that I had been with at the time, and I didn't know if it was the right decision or not. I walked outside in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., sat down on the front stoop. I'm kind of beating myself up like Dr. Sherry was just talking about. Did I make the right choice? Did I make the wrong choice? Yes, no. And there's a guy sitting next to me who was from the neighborhood. He was known as Miami Mike, this older uh, 80-some-year-old gentleman who beat everybody in pool. Uh, and he's sitting down next to me. He's like, what's the matter, kid? And I said, well, Mike, I just broke up with this girl. And I don't know if she was the right one or not. I'm really torn. I don't know if I made a mistake. And he said, let me give you the best advice anybody's ever going to give you. He said, there are those in life who make your wagon heavy. And there are those in life who help you pull your wagon when it's heavy. Figure out who she was and the rest is simple. And I took that simple but profound lesson and I have applied it to every single relationship I've been in since that night. My business partners, my now wife, the people I do business with, is this someone who is going to make my wagon heavy or is this somebody who's going to help me pull my wagon when it's heavy? And then the answer is simple. So that's the story. That's the lesson. I hope it works for you. That is awesome. All right, John, yeah. you're up again. What's the next question? That's the awesome. question is about access. I mean, uh, you know, we started talking about my grandfather and Dr. Haskell, this American that came to the village, taught them, you know, the gift of learning. Access allowed him to continue down that curiosity path. How how we all know that the Internet is just this incredible gift that we have. Obviously, the more people in villages, people all throughout that are impoverished that have in Internet access, um, they're going to have access to stories like the things that we're talking about here. How do, how do you plan on helping achieve that goal if that is a goal of yours? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting as we talk about you're going to forget every lesson you've ever learned, but you have the capability to access it. And I've been talking about the dictionary because one of the biggest frustrations that I've had since I was in school was that I was very lazy when it came to words. Uh, and because I was a bullshitter, because I was an overseller, back end seller, manipulator, you know, I was the one when people would say, you know, I coalesce the vapors of human existence and create a viable and logical conclusion. I would pretend to know what that meant. In fact, I've utilized that line from History of the World with Mel Brooks to determine whether people are, are honest or not that speak other languages. So when someone tells me they know English and maybe they're from a foreign country, I'll say, oh, you're from Bulgaria. Do you coalesce? That's the vapors of, vapors of human existence or to create a viable and logical conclusion. And if they say, yeah, yeah, I know they're not telling the truth, that they don't know what I'm talking about, because I still don't purely know what that means. <laughs> Point of this story, I was lazy because it was so difficult to get the answers. 
If somebody said something, I had to go somewhere and find a, a Webster dictionary or a Black's Law dictionary, or I had to find an encyclopedia, or I had to go to the digest system at West Publishing and look up the case law. <laughs> and, you know, and it was so, I was just, that wasn't me. And now my life has expanded because of the access that I have to everything. I have access to everyone and everything. Four point, I say all the time, especially in the digital space, and as we get into digital hospitality and digital law and digital medicine and digital education and digital podcast, all the things that we're doing, Sean, it's the access that makes it so incredible that you can be lazy. You can be lazy. It's easier than going through a drive-thru. It's like, oh, he said a word I don't know. Siri, what's that word mean? Siri, what does coalesce the vapors of human existence mean? Oh, that was utilized in History of the World Part 2 by Mel Brooks, and it means you're a bullshit artist. That's what it means. <laughs> and so I think that everyone has to raise their awareness to, number one, know that they don't know what they don't know, that if you look at statistically how many data points there are in the universe and what's being processed, if anybody hasn't seen the social dilemma, to realize how much is being tracked and what data exists, and we have access to all of it. It's not just that they have access to it. They're giving us access yeah. to all of it. So like any other tool or weapon or, or, th or thing out there, there's good and there's bad, right? AI, good and bad, you know, a pitchfork, good and bad. You know, it's been forever. So let's use the good of the access as we've given up access for ourselves to everyone in a variety of ways. But if you're not focused in on the unfathomable that we're living between limitlessness and infinity, you're missing the point because we have tremendous capabilities that never existed. Even if you're lazy, even if you're a bullshit artist, you can do it. Absolutely. And really, really brief. I just say in the word access implies that at a certain point you didn't either have access and you then gained it. So with access, just like with the media, the Internet, all those things, it, it, it transcends a number of different areas and fields. So once you get that access to whatever it is, whether it's the knowledge or to an opportunity, it's incumbent upon you to use that access to try to create an opportunity for the next person and then be then have access to the same thing. Just yesterday, I was having a conversation, and Dave, we're going to talk about this later, with a young golfer, an African-American golfer uh, that's trying to make it onto the PGA Tour. And I asked him, well, what do you want your legacy to be? He said, it was so hard for me to get tee times because I couldn't afford to go to the golf club. And I had a lucky gentleman. I was lucky enough to have someone in my life that came into my life, they saw my talent, and paid for me to have tee times to put me in this opportunity where I'm at today. And golf, as we know, is a huge barrier to entry. You need money to play golf. It's not, not a cheap sport. For So for that young man, with his access, what is he going to do? He's going to pay it forward once he is on the PGA Tour, create a not-for-profit to help create more opportunities for younger kids like him to then have access to the same thing. So I think it's incumbent upon you when you have access to whatever it is to find a way to pave a way for the next person to also have access to that. Great. Yeah, and Sean, just to build upon that, obviously, I think all of us today, like Dave said, um, we have tremendous access. They're, they're just through technologies and incredible access through the through the internet, uh, internet. But it's also important to keep in mind internet, inner our, our inner self, meaning focus on the network within ourselves in terms of what we want and the ability to use, utilize that 
to talk to other people. You'd be amazed. You don't have to jump online to figure some things out. If you just stop, like we were talking to Devin earlier, talk to your employees, talk to the person at the supermarket, talk to individuals, the doors that open up, they say, oh, you know what? I have a friend who lives in Phoenix. Let me put you in touch with that person. It happens all the time. Now, I agree to a certain extent, if you want to be a lumberjack, you have to go into the forest. I get that. But at the same time, if you stop and focus on that internet, you may realize maybe I don't want to be a lumberjack. And like Dave was just talking about, really be honest with yourself about access. Bruce Lee, one of the most iconic martial artists in history, everybody knows that. Most people don't realize that he couldn't afford to go to class. So he used to sit outside on a dumpster watching through the window how to learn Kung Fu. Uh, until he was invited in and began to train and became the best. Uh, so access, it's a moving target. You have to keep it in mind and use it to the best of your ability. And I think then you'll achieve your goals like Bruce Lee and everybody else. One, uh, one final question. If you, uh, if you could ask one question to somebody that you've known close to you that is no longer with you, who would it be and what would you ask them and why? I guess that's a three-part question, but. Yeah. Um, I personally, I'd ask uh, someone that was close to me, right? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't ask Jesus questions. No, <laughs> I can't pull that hole. Well, Jesus, no, no, Jesus I need you to dig deep. No, I need you to dig deep. Yeah, question for Jesus Christ. I can solve so much on earth if I just get a few questions. For, Jesus. for a different office hours, we have, we need longer. Than <laughs> I'd ask my father. Uh, I'd ask my father. Because uh, I think quantum, unconsciously, I'm most similar to my father. And I'd ask him what the greatest lesson he learned in his journey was, what similarities that he saw within me in order to effectuate not making the same mistakes. How could I not have to pay the dummy tax that he paid? And furthermore, where are you and what's it like? I like that. For me, I'm gonna oversimplify it. Uh, it's my grandma was the closest human to me. Uh, lost her some years ago, and I'd literally ask her anything just so I have time to be with her, right? Because time is something that you don't get back. I don't care what we talk about. Uh, I would just ask her anything, just knowing that I can ask her something is enough for me. I'm gonna change mine up a little bit, Sean. I hope it comports with your question, but I would I would go back and I would ask the 20 year old version of me. Um, what you want out of life and why do you want it? Um, because if I had done that when I was 20, I think I would have made different choices. I'm very fortunate. I consider myself blessed to be around the people I'm with today and to be doing all of the things that I'm doing. I, took, I think I took a longer, harder way of getting there. Had I asked myself those questions when I was younger, I think I might've found a different path. Well, I appreciate you gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you know, Cali barbecue media. Yeah. Digital hospitality space. Sean is changing the face of di digital platforms. He's taking traditional business and showing them how important content is and how easy it is to reach far beyond your local neighborhood, your local courthouse in the uh, the, the realm of 300,000 people, which used to be an extraordinary reach for a traditional business, lawyer, dentist, doctor, barbecue, it wouldn't matter. Beyond having amazing brisket, my friend, I'm so proud of you for building that business. And uh, I thank you for everything except for the one pound that I gained from eating your food. <laughs>
Thank you. Great question. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Bulgaria. It's the first time I've done office hours from Bulgaria. So thank you for that as well.